Welcome along to another episode of the Make Life Work podcast, home edition, with me, Cy Jobling. This series, I'm talking to people from around the tech scene about how they're coping through the COVID-19 lockdown and trying to find a balance with any work, side projects, or any personal demands. This week, I've invited along Mike Street, CTO at Brighton Digital Agency Liquid Light. I've known Mike for a few months now through our Slack community on the side, where we talk quite a lot about our side projects and day-to-day working challenges. Mike has got some fascinating insights and ideas from working in leadership for a modern digital agency, especially through the past few years from a personal perspective and he's still finding time for side projects and fitness, ticking all the boxes for this podcast. Let's get into it. How you doing, Mike? Yeah, all right. It's uh, odd times at the moment, but uh, I'm getting by, I think. What about yourself? Getting by. Yeah, I think that's the phrase of the day, right? Everyone's just getting by, <laughs> coping. Yeah. It's um, yeah, the good old Britishisms as well. It's not bad. Oh, yeah. Right. Not too bad. Yeah. Not too bad is a good one. <laughs> so, um, as I alluded to in the intro, you're in a interesting environment with your uh, work setup could you tell us a bit about what you do who it's for and how it all works for you at the moment yeah so i am now the uh, cto and lead developer for a web agency in brighton called liquid light um we mainly focus on like ngo clients and we've got sort of a few few insurance clients um but we're sort of very focused on performance making big white big websites fast making them look good trying to make their sort of boring information uh, a bit more sort of exciting to to get accessed i suppose um and we were very much an office based company um up until the the lockdown and we had to pivot very quickly to to working from home and sort of allowing everyone to work from home so that was a big challenge because all of our sort of infrastructure is set up to be office based and and sort of focused around there. So trying to make it available from everyone's home and dealing with those challenges was uh, exciting. I suppose I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the sort of the mix up. I had to do a uh, a late night drive by delivery of people's computers from the office to their homes um, on the night that we decided to sort of close down. So that was, uh, yeah, fortunately, yeah. I had some sort of uh, a help from colleague, a colleague who was able to, to run in with some IMAX to various houses. Right. So, so what's the scale of the business at the moment then? Uh, in terms of what, how many employees we have? Yeah, how or? many people do you work with? Yeah, uh, we've got 11 employees. Um, mm-hmm. So we've got a, a, a development team of four or five, um, a couple of account managers and some in-house designers as well. Right. Okay. So it's, it's it's proper startup size, really, isn't it? Yeah. Like it. Yeah, yeah. It's been that. It's been that size for. It's been running for fifteen years or so, and it's been that around oh, wow. that size pretty much the whole time. It's sort of, it's nice. It's big enough to be able to have uh, specific resources for tasks, but it's not too big that you lose the kind of. I hate to say it, but family mentality of the company. The grassroots feeling. Yes. Right? Exactly. Yeah. I hear that phrase a lot with Brighton agents. <laughs> There's a few of us that we know, right? I don't know what it means. You said like 15 years. That's a long time as an agency. Yeah. Doing well. And do you say most of the clients are in insurance and in that sort of space? Hmm. Is that something you guys have honed in on as a specialism? Or is it just the way it's kind of fell? Yeah, it's, it's. Um, I mean, our, our main customer focus is, is NGOs. The insurance kind of, hmm. um, I think, helps us along the way because NGOs don't necessarily have the deepest pockets. Um, so it's certainly something that we we prefer and we kind of aim to 
to get to as it were and um i mean as with anything the word of mouth is sort of the most powerful tool um so it's sort of once you start moving in particular circles you kind of get louder within those circles because everyone's sort of talking about you and, and referring you and stuff so um yeah it's certainly something that uh, an avenue that we've been wanting to go down for a while right okay so i guess because it's like 15 years what's that's going back to 2005 time before the the wave of disruptors and even before that last recession actually so how have you guys kind of coped through those weird times because we're going to another one right so you know yeah it's i mean yeah it's it's probably uh, I've not. I've I've been there for five and a half years, so I, I don't know too much about the, the history. But I know it started off with um, making CD-ROMs and stuff. Is is one of the uh, founders likes to often remind us. Um, so I think it, I think it, it actually it's been going on longer than fifteen years. But they've certainly managed to sort of just find the core core base of clients that seem to enjoy our services and and sort of yeah have stuck by us for a long time as well. Mm. Yeah, because I, I work. I don't know if you know. I worked in insurance probably. I think it's about two thousand and eight for about four or five years. Right. Uh, that was in house. Um, so I was like one of the tech leads in the space. Mm. I know how dry that industry can be. I know it's not the most exciting, but it's very important. There's a lot of process and governance around it. So how, how have you found that working in like a kind of fluid, agile, cool way? Is, is, is you find interesting ways to make that work? Yeah, I mean, I I used to work for an agency that was very uh, hip and trendy and would sort of do websites for all of the kind of DJs and and up and coming festivals and stuff. But I just didn't like I I would do the work, but I didn't really feel passionate about it because, you know, the the sort of MD would come in and be like, oh, we've got this guy's website. I'd be like, I don't know who that is. And he'd be really excited about it. But now we're sort of um, there's a there's a local college called Plumpton College that um, I've sort of got a lot of respect for and when we we won that project at Liquid Light I was actually really excited about it and really like pleased that I got to work on it so I seem to be a bit more passionate for some reason about boring websites I think sorry boring in air quotes um because yeah I just I think there's that that, there's that extra challenge there of of making it you know it's often a lot of text and so you've got to really focus on your your spacing and your line height and stuff like that to make Mm. it nice without sort of being too dry and boring yeah it's it's a, it's a fine one to find though isn't it because i think like you say when you're just doing churning out portfolio blogs whatever it is for mm. musicians it kind of fits the same mold every time but when you get like a nice big project like a college or an actual application yeah. now the brain's starting to work we've got to be more creative and inspirational around these things yeah and you get to work a lot on performance as well because you know the sort of the last thing people want to be doing is sit around waiting for a big image to load of whatever it is that they're when they actually just want to read the text so so it brings up a good question actually so you as a cto in your role and i guess like a lead developer Mm -hmm. what sort of level of detail do you go into on your day-to-day basis what sort of stuff would be in your typical day-to-day as well so i i now tend to just get involved things get escalated to me Mm -hmm. um so there's sort of quite a few days where i'm just either sort of fixing bugs that have sort of been sent up the chain or um on the flip side sometimes i take a lot of the low level work to mean that the other developers can get on with sort of the more chunky work as it were so yeah there's sort of some weeks where i get to the end of the week where i just feel like i've been jumping between clients and stuff and not really doing much um but other times i really get to like focus on improving something in our in our stack or um rolling something out across all our clients and just watch them 
sort of speed up just that little bit or improve a little bit or you know upgrade to the latest version of the cms and, and stuff like that so mm. it's quite varied week to week rather than day to day i think what, what would you, what do you prefer do you prefer the sort of logistical admin side of it or do you prefer getting hands-on with the tech because i know it's a bit of a weird mix sometimes yeah i, I actually quite like the mix okay. i mean sort of if if sort of gun to my head if i had to choose something it would <laughs> be code code every time but um, I do enjoy having the kind of uh, being able to sort of step back and go, actually, we need to focus on this now or um, let's sort of pursue this avenue for a bit and see what, uh, how it can improve things for our clients, whether it's yeah speed or user experience or stuff like that. Yeah, um, There's a big like accessibility drive at the moment right. um, that we're sort of just fine tweaking. You know, we're, we're pretty good with our accessibility anyway, but as with anything, there's always improvements. So mm. Um, it's yeah it's quite rewarding to see kind of um, various scores and and checks kind of increase um, and sort of us climb to the top as it were yeah I mean we, we could go into this depth a lot more can we but <laughs> I know from my experience like when I was trying to lead a team previously you've got all these sort of areas to cover performance accessibility uh, other non-functional requirements and monitoring it's half your day job unfortunately when you're in that sort of role yeah, right yeah. so you know it's yeah it's just one of them um what 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 excites you the most in that sort of space from a tech perspective then oh put you on the spot a little bit here yeah i think i, I i'm i seem to just sound like a broken record but right now it is for me about performance making websites fast and making them sort of um really responsive and stuff like that and you see a lot of I've, I certainly have found that more and more I'm waiting for websites to load. I'm waiting for things to come in. There's loading bars everywhere you go on the web. And it's just sort of, for me, it's, I want to be able to click a link and, you know, the website's there, the page is there. I can read stuff. I can, I want to be able to select text, which seems to be a thing that people stop you from doing or like. What is that all about? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. So it's just like, I, <laughs> I'm a bit of a dinosaur when it comes to the web technologies that I use, but. It's one of those things that if it ain't broke, then and it makes good fast websites, then I'm all for it. Nice. I, I thought we've got our community that we speak to on on the side, uh, which we'll give links to later. Um, and I know you did like the Google Lighthouse thing last week, was mm-hmm. it? And yeah, so is that something that you kind of monitor regularly, or is it something you kind of looking at momentarily? How does it? How do you get that to work? What the, the range of clients as well, because it's not just one thing, is it? Yeah. So we've got a few sort of internal tools that kind of monitor Lighthouse and and page speed and and uptime and stuff like that. So. Um, it's sort of actually part of our regular checks. Um, and uh, at the moment, I'm doing a big push because last week, um, Lighthouse version six came out, which had sort of um, some big changes, which meant that a lot of our sort of client scores dropped. Um, one mm-hmm. one reason, I mean, I, it is if you sort of look on the web, as with anything, there's people for and against things like Lighthouse and um You know, you can, I think someone published an article the other day that you can make the world's worst website and it can still score top marks on Lighthouse. And it is sort of to be taken with a pinch of salt, but it is ultimately something that is uh, accessible to clients. We've had, you know, clients in the past come to us and be like, why doesn't my website score high on Lighthouse and stuff? So, um, and it's at the end of the day, it's a number that we can show to clients as well and, mm. and prospective clients and go, look, all of our websites score in the top whatever percentage of um, Lighthouse. And that's something that people like. 
people like numbers people like big green numbers so it should yeah um it's it is something that we you know we we're not gonna sort of tire ourselves out trying to score that perfect 400 if it can't if we can't get it but um we will get as as darn close as we can i like it at least at least you try and, and it's an industry standard that clients if they don't understand it they can yeah and you can all work towards it we don't have much kind of moderation across the web apart from in these sort of spaces and mm. i feel like it's nice to have something that you can go we're an accredited google lighthouse smashing it you know rather than yeah you know just making up a number um we could talk a lot about tech and i might <laughs> um but it's good to know that's that's where you're at could you tell us a bit about how your working arrangements are now and prior to lockdown like personally how, how, how you've made things work so i um yeah i used to sort of work in the office um i live about an hour's cycle away from from work so i used to cycle to and from work most days uh which was nice because it gave me sort of a bit of time to think and a bit of time to sort of clear my head and mm. um that's often where things for ideas for side projects came up was was from my bike ride um but now i sort of work 30 seconds away from my bedroom and fortunately an office I've got I've got an office in my house which um, I'm very thankful for um, but now I have an extra an extra small 18 month old work colleague who likes to sort of come in and, and press buttons and twiddle knobs and stuff so um, I've actually kind of I tend to start earlier and finish a little bit later at home so that I have a bit more time during the day to sort of take extended lunch breaks or if my wife needs to go on a video call or something with with her work I can take care of the child and and you know sort of make sure that he stays out of the way so it's um certainly different it's I kind of miss the office banter I miss being able to sort of Mm. just you know turn around and have a chat to to my colleague about some sort of motor racing or playstation or whatever we're talking about at the time um but the to give sort of a every cloud as a silver lining and all that i'm you know really grateful that i've got to spend all this time with my with my child like watching him grow and and stuff and develop over the last few months has been yeah amazing and it would i would have missed out on it and you know i sort of leave at i used to leave at seven o'clock and not get home till half six and now i get to see him during the day you know i finish work at five and i can get, be downstairs at five past five and sort of get an extra couple of hours with him and stuff so um, and obviously, I get to see my wife a lot more, which is nice. <laughs> it is lovely. Um, no, you're right. I mean, it's, it's 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 a good one, though. and I guess you've got the crucial age for your little one as well. Because yeah, yeah, what was it? Four months ago, we went to lockdown. Nearly three months, give or take. Three months. So you've, yeah, yeah, you've got like twenty percent of your child's life in this time. So no, exactly. Yeah, I know. And it's and it's like he um because he he goes to various um, childminders and in-laws and stuff when pre lockdown, he was sort of going to them. Um, and he was, he's, he's still a bit of a kind of late walker as it were. So when we came into lockdown, I was like, Oh, maybe we're actually get to see him take his first steps. Cause that was the worry was that he'd be somewhere else when he took his first steps. And, and yeah, a couple of weeks ago, he finally sort of walked between us, which oh, was, which was good moment. to see. And I was glad I got to actually see it rather than, you know, getting a report from the mother-in-law. You got the video evidence, did you? Or? Yeah, eventually he did it a few times, managed to get it on the, on the camera. That's cool. He looks, he just looks drunk. I remember when at my first, his first steps, I had a Nokia, I think it was like an N95 to get the video footage. It's so <laughs> dodgy and pixelated, but it's there. Yeah, we put it on YouTube. It's not going anywhere. It's private, but nice. it, it's those special moments. <laughs> getting to experience this. I know it's a terrible situation we're in, but the, these little silver linings that you talk about, I think really do help. Mm. Um, 
You also mentioned your wife taking video calls. Is she working at home as well? She's a uh, a teacher. Ah, right. Um, so she, yeah, it's sort of only, fortunately, she doesn't have that many video calls. Um, and sort of her working from home when she is working from home is, um, she kind of just has to sit at the computer and check the odd thing, reply to kids on their whatever version of Facebook they've got running basically it's kind of a school Facebook um so she's it's very fortunate that she's able to kind of um when yeah she works part-time so when she is working from home she's able to sort of sit at the computer and kind of keep an eye on on the boy and stuff so I'm able to sort of come upstairs to the office and sort of get down with some work um he sleeps in the room next door so there's sort of a couple of hours a day where I say to people I can't take calls because you know got to take his sleep when it comes kind of thing so um but yeah it's been it's been a great help that uh my wife doesn't have to sort of sit and focus at a computer fortunately um but as of today when we're recording she's had to go back to school now so right um yeah we've sort of made, we made the tough decision to send to send uh the boy to the childminder mm-hmm. so that um i can crack on with some work, work fortunately oh hats off to the wife though because my wife's a teacher as well she's mm. downstairs she she does a three-week rotor of being on site and then two weeks off i think it gives you that window to understand as well um but it's weird because she, she's like senior leadership she has to do all the initiative stuff as well i don't know if your wife's in a similar mm. boat but she's forever on calls talking about stuff. right <laughs> and we have to <laughs> coincide our calendars going right who's got the, the main office space today because we need it for whatever <laughs> we're doing um i literally jumped off a call before this the friend she's going to one now so it's um yeah difficult but you, it seems like you got it working yes yeah, yeah yeah it's it's a we've we seem to have got into a nice routine well we did get into a nice routine mm. um obviously this sort of started now the routine has changed all again but um yeah it's 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 just, I mean, everyone's saying it, but it's just so weird oh, yeah. at the moment. And like, it's just every day something changes every day. There's a different rule or announcement or yep. a scary statistic you see on Twitter. And it's just, you've got to kind of, um, as much as I hate to say it, sometimes just bury your head in the sand and just pretend it's not happening for even mm. a few hours just to just to try and, you know, not get too depressed. It's a fair point. I mean, how how are you finding that? I'm the same. I'm, I'm trying to avoid the news and the social networks at the moment because it just I feel it brings me down. I don't know about you. How do you feel about it? Yeah, I'm. It, I'm I'm fortunate in the fact that for some reason it doesn't seem to affect me that much. When we started lockdown, my wife kind of went into one of those news holes where every day she was sort of constantly refreshing and you know sort of getting a little bit overbearing as it were um but it's just maybe mm. i'm just too uh i skim the news too much maybe I, I don't actually read the news so it doesn't affect me too much who knows it might be a better way of doing it I, that's how i do it i get a guardian bush notification of the updates and that's all i get to see i don't yeah. i don't want to go into the detail no. maybe it's a fine balance um you mentioned earlier as well on the commute to the office you used to yes. have like an hour bike ride yes every day there and back how are you fitting that in now because you must be clearly quite fit <laughs> well it was it's uh yeah it depends on the wind um right. and it because it could be which race direction <laughs> yeah because it because i i cycle along the seafront basically it's a very oh. flat ride so it can't be 
it's it's yeah i get to a hill now and i can't handle it because um i've been cycling on the flat for a couple of years um so yeah depending on the wind it will take me between half an hour and an hour because um, it's sort of yeah someday you get horrible winds in the wrong direction and sometimes you get lovely winds in the right direction um so but yeah it's something that i miss and i do sort of i did notice the belly start when we when we started (laughs) lockdown so um i now try and get up a couple of times a week and go for a, a little ride around here um i'm quite a keen cyclist anyway so i've got quite a nice bike that i'm actually starting to get to ride again um yeah. and then of a weekend maybe every other weekend i'll go for a longer ride just to see the sights, see the countryside um and then me and my wife have started doing home workouts which was nothing that was something we didn't do before Ooh. we started off with the with the, we started off with the Joe Wicks ones actually for quite a few for a, a couple of months or so, um, and then started getting a bit bored of them because they're starting to get a bit repetitive and he's mm-hmm. a bit faster loose with some of his exercises. So, um, my wife's friend found this one from Adidas, I think, and it's uh, pretty brutal, okay, to, <laughs> to say the least. I think we did the first one and uh, we were both had sort of shaking and aching arms for the next couple of days. So, it's um, try and keep fit where we can. I'm trying not to snack too much as well at home. It's yeah, I'm struggling, I must be honest. But getting out on the weekly runs, twice weekly runs, last week I tried mm. to just push myself a bit further each time I did it as well, which is helping them out. Um you made the point of the snacking as well. I know you're a beer fan. Um <laughs> so uh, how are you coping through lockdown? Because I think most of us are filling our recycling bins every week with yeah. glass and cans. So I've uh to to give a bit of context, I run a uh Instagram where I, I rate beers, I buy and rate beers. Um, and I think I'm up to about 350 now. And I think that's increased Ooh. somewhat over the lockdown because, um, because we weren't going to the supermarket as much. It's sort of, it's, it's been not harder to get hold of beer, but, um, certainly interesting. And I've discovered a fruit, a few breweries that do delivery. Um, and so Excellent. I've just kind of been exploring different, uh, different breweries that way. Um, and, uh, in terms of my drinking, it's, I've tried to not let it increase. I've always had this kind of rule that I don't drink during the week, uh, except on a Thursday because it's Thirsty Thursday, so you kind of have to. Yeah. Um, and I've kind of I've stuck to that where I can. Um, so Good. Monday to Wednesday, which is only three days, isn't it? That's not uh, anyway. But yeah, it's it's yeah, sort of I'm, just under halfway. <laughs> <laughs> I tend to have like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, maybe one a night, maybe two um Mm. it depends what i'm doing but yeah it's it's it stayed consistent i would say is my my drinking habits i wouldn't feel too bad i think most people have got worse with this i was speaking to a colleague earlier she's like i'm I'm drinking every day i've got to stop (laughs) i went don't go cold turkey at least reduce by every other night to start it off and see how you feel with that because it will throw you over the edge (laughs) but i know it's hard but i like you're going to your um beer log as well how when Where's that going and where did it come from? Uh, it came from a couple of years ago. Um, my wife made me a beer advent calendar one Christmas. So oh, she nice. she bought 24, she found 24 different beers um, and put them in a nice little box. Um, and then uh, she said, I'm buying you this on the proviso that you you post a review for, uh, for each one somewhere. So I was like, well, why not start a, an Instagram account for it? Um, and that's where it started basically and then it's it's kind of just progressed basically any new beer that i come across um i post it review it um and it's sort of it's now it's 
it's bordering into being a hobby now, I would say. Um, and buying new beers has become slightly addictive. I bet it is. Did you um, build a hack on top of it as well, like a dedicated website? To... Yeah, so I, it, when it got to about 200, 150, 200 beers, it started to be uh, difficult to work out which ones I'd had because uh, you can't search just an account on Instagram, or you certainly couldn't. Mm. Um, so I built a website that um, pulls in the data from Instagram so that you can search it um, and you can now uh, filter it by a brewery because that was the other thing. Was I'd go into, there's a there's a local brewery called Harvey's, go into the Harvey's shop and then I'd have to kind of like awkwardly search through my history to work out which Harvey's beers I'd had. So now you can go show me all the Harvey's beers beers and sort of see which one's on, on the list. Um, and you can also sort by rating. Oh, very nice. Uh, so that I can, if I go, oh, I really fancy having a few nines again that I've given nine out of 10, I can sort of just have a quick look and order a few. That'd be cool. Have you open source this solution or is it just your little baby? Uh, it's no, it's, it's just, uh, it's closed at the moment. It's, it's a little bit touch and go what you can do with the Instagram API. Right. So uh, I'm a little bit wary to, to do that. Fair <laughs> I mean, I, I know a lot of people that would love to do this. I personally, I'd love to set my own up as well, but yeah, you've got to be careful. right? <laughs> um, yeah. I'm a big beer fan, as you know, and um, we talked about side projects already, but you've got others going on, right? You can tell us a bit about behind the source. Yeah. So uh, this was one of the ideas that um, I had on one of my cycling commutes and it, um, the because I cycle to work sort of can make a couple of notes at work cycle home don't really feel like doing anything at home it often takes a few weeks for an idea to kind of fully grow just purely based on on time and stuff so it started off as um I was like oh wouldn't it be great to to start a podcast where people um have written in to tell like work horror stories um and then it's anonymized and you kind of read it out and then I was like, well, actually, maybe not a podcast. Maybe it could be an uh, online interview kind of thing where people submit, you know, horror stories or something like that, or just like confessions, like, oh, we still do this, even though it's yeah. bad practice. And then it kind of progressed into, no, maybe there's too much kind of like negativity. There's too much kind of, um, oh, my, my tech stack's better than yours kind of thing going around on the internet. So I was like, maybe maybe it should be a positive thing and maybe I should just interview people who work in the web and just basically ask them about what they do how they got there um i think i ask about what they like about the web industry what they don't like about the web industry what they like about their job what they don't like about their job um and if they would do anything differently if they were to sort of start again um and it's it's um actually been really interesting like uh, a lot of there's a there's sort of a running theme between um what's bad about the industry everyone pretty much everyone answered about the sort of diversity issue that there is right now um and kind of um attitudes towards women in tech mm. um and other minorities and it's just it's really nice to sort of um highlight no, no it's not nice to highlight that at all um it's uh rewarding maybe rewarding um and to sort of just maybe bring that to light a bit more um mm. and I, I mean on the flip side to read about how people got into their jobs and how people um, what they like about their jobs and stuff is also really nice because um, I was very kind of classic uh, male into web tech kind of route, um, whereas it's sort of really interesting <laughs> yeah. and fascinating to hear about other people 
uh, and how they got there. I love that. I mean, part of the reason I do this is to get insights into how people work and what makes them kick, but not just work. It's like everything else that we like to do. So I like that you're focusing mm. on the, the job part and the tech part of what they're doing, but also giving the, what do you like? What don't you like? Because these are the things yeah. that people don't feel comfortable talking about, but have got a chance to do that. So you're what you were nice about you're about four episodes of this now three four episodes. yeah we're we're halfway through okay um but due to the kind of um what's going on in america right now this week um i decided to sort of to to not publish this week's one um just because i think there's more important things right now to be reading on the internet and you know there's the last thing they want is last thing anyone wants is and is sort of an interview with some some dude in tech um so it's sort of yeah i mean i had mm-hmm. set out this whole schedule and i've just i've put it on pause because it's not it's not the right time or place to be to be publishing an interview like that no fair place here so what's the plan are you going to take a break for a couple of weeks or something or yeah i i i, I probably a, a week or two um mm-hmm. yeah it would seem a bit it will seem a bit weird coming back but um at the end of the day they're they're really good interviews that i want to get out there but um i don't want to just sort of make noise or distract from the sort of more important issues at the moment i like i like you've got the moral compass on that though because a lot of people just blast on anyway regardless going well mm. i have to be honest you know the, what the reason i did this was to kind of give some focus and some positivity but yeah. it has felt weird especially doing it mondays and thursdays because that's my schedule thursdays is generally getting ready for the bad weekend news and you're like oh god you know it's going to get squashed <laughs> in everything but I've got to continue. Um, but I think what I've, I've realised in the last week or so, I think this will be a nice conclusion to this series. Um, yeah. And then take a break like yourself and then maybe come back in a few weeks' time, maybe a month or so, just when things have cleared up a bit, I think. Because there's a lot of <laughs> unknowns as we go into this this current territory. I don't, how yeah, how sure. are you feeling about it? Without going into too much political detail, what, what's your current stance? I, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 tough because you sort of you hear one thing from the government and you read another thing on Twitter, and I and I just think like uh, with regards to the sort of um, pandemic at the moment, it's just mm. yeah. I think we're we're still minimizing where we're going, when we're going. Um, still only. I mean, your your wife's a teacher, right? So that you've got a personal focus on that how, how do you are you happy to for her to go into schools at the moment or are you feeling a bit nervous because i am we're yeah it's i mean you've got to do what you've got to do kind of thing her her yeah. school has been amazing uh i think her head teacher has been really really good and handling this really well um so you know we hear from we've got quite a few friends that are teachers and we hear from their schools that it's just not ideal um so mm-hmm. whereas the the school my wife works for is sort of being really careful and they're really sort of looking out for their staff and and the kids as well for the kids that are going back mm. so um i think it's sort of best of a bad situation kind of thing yeah you know it's it's you just don't know do you it's, it's fair enough um just one quick thing as well i know last week you guys your company just sent the staff home on a friday afternoon yeah it was just like, I think it was like yeah. a random gesture or something what, what motivated that uh well it's just with you know it's it's sort of we're going through a bit of a tough time at the moment and um yeah. we just sort of wanted to show a little bit of appreciation for to our staff for for what for sticking by us basically and and sort of mm. handling the 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 change so well like there hasn't been we haven't sort of had any any issues or or sort of complaints or anything and it was just sort of a and not you know we just thought let's just <laughs> send everyone home. and it was slightly selfish as well it just meant that we all get got to have a half day as well so 
um, and it was nice weather and you know you go, go and spend it with your family or go and sit outside or something yeah um, so it was just yeah it was just uh, we just felt like it needed doing I like it it's, it's a positive spin though I'm just trying to bring it back so mm. it's a bit of a negative there. <laughs> um, one final thing before we wrap it up what would be your number one tip for anyone who fancied getting into the tech scene because we've been doing it for a while now but what would be your tip now as it were oh i always listen to podcasts and uh, hear this question and try and and it's one of the questions that i kind of ask in uh, behind the source and it's just i i always think about how what would i answer and it's i don't know um i mean i got into the tech scene by uh, applying for like free work experience um so i did a couple of work experience at, at an agency and then right. they they hired me but i appreciate not everyone could do that you know it's it comes from quite a sort of privileged view to be able to work for two for two days mm. a week without pay um so mm. i think it's just um just keep chipping away i think and sort of um write i think writing writing blog posts is a huge benefit mainly for for you rather than anyone else but you will always write it in a way that not that isn't out there at the moment you know that you might you might help someone and if you help one person that's great um and it really helps cement that knowledge that you're you're learning so i think my one bit of advice would be write blog posts put them somewhere on the internet mm. and um just yeah keep learning it's a good one, though. I mean, one of our fellow acquaintances is it called Do Learning, right? Kevin, mm. who was on previously on. I, I think you're right. If you can publicly learn and, and demonstrate what you're learning, it, it's it's a win-win for everyone because someone else exactly. can learn from it. You're proving you're understanding these things, but you're finding your voice as well. And I think everyone should try to do this in some shape or form. It's good stuff. Speaking of blogs, then, how can people find your stuff and uh, find you online? What's your handles on the socials? Uh, I am Mike Streety on everything that's worth being on. <laughs> well said. Um, <laughs> with, uh, yeah, mikestreety.co.uk um, and then Mike Streety on Twitter, Instagram, anything if the, if that username's taken i don't sign up for it basically uh, oh very disciplined I like it. <laughs> <laughs> love it gotta stay on brand absolutely mate it's been wonderful to have a chat uh thanks Thank for joining for me on me. this it's been great and hopefully we'll get you back again in the future talking a bit more about behind the source and any of the side projects that come up but yeah take care of yourself and uh the family of course through all this craziness thank you very much thank you to everyone for listening and especially mike for joining me for this episode of the make life work podcast as mike mentioned you can find him as at mike street he with the y on all the worthwhile socials and you can visit his website at mikestreety.co.uk. All the other links are in our show notes. Plus, you can always speak to both of us in our Slack community on the side. On the side.network takes you straight in there. You can find all the details about this podcast and other episodes on sidejobling.com slash make life work or look for make life work pod on the socials now including instagram we're available in all the popular podcast apps apple spotify google and overcast so make sure you subscribe rate and review so we know what you think finally if you would like a brand new make life work vinyl sticker do get in contact and i'll get some in the post out to you that's all from me for this episode and this home edition series i'm taking another break through the summer now but we'll be back later in the year when I'll be inviting along another group of guests to talk about how they're balancing work, 
life and side projects on the Make Life Work podcast. 